Good morning, friends, and welcome back to Faith and UU, a podcast for everyone. This is McKinley, and I wanted to do something a little bit different since I don't have a lot of time. People might be asking themselves, is this guy really a minister, and why should we listen to him? So I wanted to share something with you that was part of my Princeton education uh, in seminary in your last year, your senior year. Something that is expected of every senior is that they address their fellow students and their professors in the congregation doing their senior sermon. And mine was on a book from the Hebrew Bible, the book of Exodus, chapter 3, which is the story of Moses and the burning bush. And it's a story that's very personal to me, and it formed the basis of my sermon that was used as my senior send-off. So I want to share the audio of that with you. This is from, goodness, 2015. Uh, and it's very meaningful to me, and it talks a little bit about why I got involved in mental health, chaplaincy, and ministry. So I hope that you enjoy. A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, And he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. And he looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. And then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called out to him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on their account. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt." But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on the mountain. The word of the Lord. God works in mysterious ways. My father is mentally ill. Or rather, my father is a human being who suffers from mental illness. And he left my family, our family, before my voice changed into the tenor Texas twang of this sermon. He left when I was still five foot two, 110 pounds, and unaware that suffering could break such, in such a radically destructive way. 
And the word radically is exactly the word I want to use here because it's not extreme or volatile. It, it hurts you to your core, to your roots, the roots of your soul. He just left with barely a word. I use the word radically because it affected me to the bottom of my heart. And when he left, I wanted to be angry, and I was. And I wanted to yell, and I did. And I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. I needed a target to hate, and I targeted my father, a human being who suffers from mental illness. And it's not fair, and I know it's not. Suffering is not fair. Getting sick is not fair. Mental illness is not fair. But how many times have I passed a homeless man on the street, a homeless human muttering to themselves, and I said to myself, in the safety of my fully functioning brain, this person is crazy. They're, they're nuts. They're disturbed. They're psycho. They are messed up. They are crazy. 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 And from my own fully functional brain, free of mental illness, I can say these things for now. Because that is the fear. That is my greatest fear. And I grew up fearless. I grew up doing stupid things, rollerblading into a cement ditch, jumping off, driving a four-wheeler on the highway, climbing a tree using only my arms just to see how long I could hold on before I fell. I grew up playing a sport that asked me to run full speed at a bigger and stronger person in an attempt to stop their forward progress using nothing more than some plastic pads, a helmet with styrofoam in it, and my own righteous anger. And I didn't blink, didn't hesitate, didn't think twice, ran full speed headlong into danger. I've run into street fights to break them up, not knowing if there's a knife or a gun or drugs involved. Didn't hesitate. Broke it up with my voice. Made a kid cry. He wasn't even involved in the fight. He was just sitting there watching, and he apologized to me. I nearly got run over by a truck doing 30 miles an hour. Didn't even blink. Put out my hand like a Heisman pose and told it to stop. Didn't bat an eyelash. But I am terrified of mental illness. I'm terrified of going crazy. And I'm scared to death of my own fully functioning brain. Because I don't know what will happen to me. And I don't know what God will do in response. Yeah, I'm scared of what God will do if I go crazy. Because that is how my fully functioning brain works. And I think about those poor souls who suffer from mental illness all over the world. And I wonder how in the hell that they live in is that just? How is that righteous? God works in mysterious ways, but surely not that mysterious. Because the ancient societies viewed the sick members as the undesirables, the untouchables, the uninvited. The lepers lived in their own colonies on the outskirts of town. Pariahs beat their own drums made of dead animal skin to let people know they were both ritually and physically unclean. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. Don't look at me. Mind your own business and keep on walking with your fully functional brain. And ancient people thought that God was punishing the sick people for their transgressions. It just made sense. They must have done something to deserve their punishment. Witness Job and his friends. God is just. God is righteous. God works in mysterious ways, Job. Not that mysterious. Indeed, theologian William James wondered if a state of mental illness was the only way in which the word of God could be received and clearly understood. Maybe you have to be crazy to hear the voice of God. And maybe a fully functioning brain is more of a mystery than God will ever be. I don't know. But I do know 
in our lesson today that God chose Moses, a stutterer and of unclear speech, to become the greatest prophet of his time and to lead his people out of bondage. In Exodus 3, he spoke with God. He witnessed the glory, saw the back, was covered by the hand, and he spoke to himself. And what do you imagine the Israelites said to one another when Moses got back off of Mount Horeb and told them that he had seen God in a burning bush and that the bush spoke to him? What do you think they thought in their fully functioning brains? This guy's crazy. This guy is nuts. This guy is messed up. He is crazy. God works in mysterious ways, Moses, but not that mysterious. But God begins Moses' call by burning up a bush and yet not consuming it, assuring him that he will go to Pharaoh and he will lead his people out of Egypt and he will worship God on the mountain. And God makes it known to Moses that the sign of his authority is nothing less than the divine presence accompanying him all the way. I will be with you, and you will succeed, and you will worship in thanks. The divine presence is that promise, the great I am, being, presence. That is Moses' mission, and he has always been selected for it, to be a bearer of that presence. I am a bearer of that presence, and you are a bearer of that presence. And that is a promise to anyone responding to the call of God, regardless of how fully functioning your brain is. Because mental illness may burn you up, but you will not be consumed. Seminary may burn you out, but you will not be consumed. Because God will be with you. And if you are feeling burnt up or burnt out, then God is already working in your life, calling you forward to lead from holy ground to holy ground. In whatever way you are able, regardless of how many faults or defects you think you have, you will not be consumed. You will be sent, and it will drain you, but you will succeed because God will be with you. You will be burnt up, but you will not be consumed. Even if your father or mother or other sense of worldly security no longer stands beside you on the way up the mountain, and after the journey, you will worship in thanks for the ride God has taken you on a constant companion and shield. Because if God can bring a boy from Texas filled with hate and sorrow from brokenness and pain to joy and light in the spirit and love of Jesus Christ, to be a senior at Princeton Seminary, to stand here and address you today, then God works in mysterious ways. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. any notes. I don't know why there's so much ring and echo in these, uh, but that is from a couple years ago, so maybe it's just a problem with my computer. If you're interested in more podcasts from Faith and UU, the podcast for everyone, you can check out my website, uuministry.com backslash McKinley Sims. Thanks for listening.